Amen. Yeah, to be different. <clears throat> or you can also look at it as holding on to a different perception. I was looking at our messages online, and there's a message there that said, How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? And then I'm looking, I pray that along that same line, we were talking somewhere about <clears throat> there to be different. Let's open our Bible to Numbers chapter 14, verse 20 to 24. Numbers chapter 14, verse 20 to 24. This message is going to, we're going to learn example of faith and what it is to be different by looking at the life of one man. It's a blessing to discover your calling when you are 16. But one of the people, the people I envy the most are those who know where they are going at a very early age. You know, um, somebody who says, I remember a friend of mine who was very clear, I want to be an architect. And he knew exactly how he was going to be an architect. I didn't know what I wanted to be at that age. Right? I didn't, I didn't know. Even when I went to, when I switched my degree, I started studying education. Honestly, you think I really wouldn't know I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't really want to be a teacher. But you know something? In the last two years, I realized something I could have done if I knew what I was doing when I was 16. If I knew what I know now when I was 16, and by the time I graduated high school, and guess what? The funny thing was that was offered to me and I didn't recognize it until I got to 50. Now, but the good thing is this, I didn't waste all my time, you know, I could fold my hands and be waiting for the dream to still come true. I've continued to move in the direction of where I probably should have been. Now, would that be where I should have been? I don't know. But would, am I certain today that I will be close to what I have in mind right now? Yes. So we're going to see the life of Caleb because at 40, Caleb found a purpose. At 17, Joseph found a purpose. At 17, David found a purpose. At about 10, Samuel found his purpose. And Jeremiah found his purpose in late life. Abraham found his own when he was 75. So, there is no age limit to when your purpose can be made manifest. Especially when you live in North America. There's no age limit. Several years ago, I met a woman uh, in the seminary. She was probably going towards 70. And she was studying for her master's degree. And you're looking at the woman <laughs> at 70. If I, after I left, two years later, I met her. She still, she says, you know, I'm just taking it one class at a time. And I'm not in a rush. I'll finish when I finish. At 72, you will finish when you finish. Then I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get into that school and get out. And I'm telling you, she's so happy. She's joyful. She's like, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm taking two, three classes per semester. Me, I will drop out. I can't do. I have, I'm a Russian. I have to rush. 
If there's no adrenaline rush, I'm bored. If there's no rush, I'm bored. Again, I don't know, but she's finding her purpose, and she said, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Amen. Numbers 14, 20 to 24. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. <clears throat> Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Verse 24. But, this is one of the very few places where, where but is a very good thing. Because generally when somebody says anything that says but, you are like, ah, here it comes. The Abba is going to fall now. The Abba is going to fall now. But that's what this Abba fall. But, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit within him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land where into he went, and his seed shall possess it. But because my servant Caleb had or has a different spirit, or let me put that way. Let me, let me put it this way. Because Caleb had a different mindset. I said this somewhere a long time ago, and please, I, I'm not trying to be rude. I apologize. But the difference between a rich person and a poor person is how they both think in the main. The difference between somebody who is going to achieve a purpose and somebody who is going to stay without a purpose is how they think. People say, why do you say that? I'm like, yeah. Because the person who is poor, now again, poor in that context and rich in the context of this conversation is relative. It's very, very relative. Right? So let's say, let's say poor is I'm dropping out of the university. And I can relate to that because I almost dropped out of the university. Right? So if I dropped out of the university, I would have been poor in education. Does that make sense? But if I stayed in the university, and I'm glad I, I stayed, I would have earned a degree, which I'm glad I did. You see that whether first class or second class, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, everybody climbed that podium and they gave you that scroll. And you said, right? That's what matters. The same thing. The difference between somebody who does not want to work and somebody who goes to the office is the mindset. Because some days, even the person who goes to the office does not feel like, I'm saying sometimes I don't feel like working. I just want to go and sit at the desk and just look. I just go. Sometimes I even hate getting, I hate getting up and getting behind the car. But then, like I would say, somebody has to pay this bill, you know, and then I jump up. Now, in that mindset, the person who is stagnant, so let's use that poor for stagnant, right, or stagnated, the stagnated person sees problems all around them. All they see is, oh, I'm going to be critical, criticized, things are not going to work. Look, they just see everything around them is problem. They think in terms of problem. 
The guy who is rich, again, using in, in the relative term, is a guy who is seeing possibilities. Okay, so if that is that problem, so let's do this. If that is that, how about I try this? How about I do this? What if I try this? You know, you are always looking for something that keeps moving you. I mean, it, you're not running, but it keeps changing where you are from here to here to here. You're going slowly, but by the time one week has passed, you realize that you are no more where you used to be. Somebody said, a mind, a mind wants strength. So if this is your mind, right, and you have stretched your mind like an elastic, the rule is very simple. It can never go back to what it used to be. A mind once stretched by an idea never ever goes back to what it used to be. So for example, you're talking about the stars, the constellation, and all of those, right? It's becoming a consuming passion for you. But when you look at a couple of months back or years back, you probably never even knew all these things. And then suddenly the ideas came and you, I mean, you're investing in it. You see that? So going back to what it used to be becomes very difficult. Right? So you wanted to do your driving test. They keep changing the date and then the anxiety will come. The anxiety will come. It's not the same thing now because you really want to get on the 401. You really want to zoom. Right? You're tired of looking at a mirror to see if there's going to be a police officer behind you. You hear my point? But somebody else, you know, people have G1 and never bother to do G2. I know people have G1 for the last 10 years. It has even expired. <laughs> and they see, and they still in their wallets. You know, people have expired passports. Traveling passport, and they are planning on travel next week. They already bought their ticket. And their passport is already expired like five years ago. But Caleb, my servant, because he had another spirit, a different mindset, a proactive and objective mindset. And has followed me. I'm going to explain the word followed me to you later. Fully. Him will I bring into the land. Only him. I will bring into the land he went to. And his descendants will inherit it. Did you see that? The land he went to. If he didn't go into that land, he would have no testimony. So let's look at the actual story. Right? Keep in mind, Caleb means all added. Caleb means steadfast. Caleb means faithful. Your name, the Bible says, as a man or as a person, as the name of a person, so is the person. I see myself not as I, I see myself as an eagle. And I say to people, you can't cage me. It's impossible. If you tie me down, I will go. This is impossible. The eagle can be wounded and stay on the ground for years, but even while it's on the ground, all it's doing is it's gathering its strength. Once it is healed, it's going to take off. It's going to take off. So how do you see yourself? What name do you call yourself? 
I see myself as success. That's how I think. Success. And I also realize that success is a journey. And so I put passion into everything I do because I'm always traveling. In my head, in my emotion, in my thoughts, in my speech, in my relationship, I'm always moving. Because of what? Success is never still. You're not going to be, you're not going to be successful just sitting in the same place and folding your hands. No. You're going to be successful because you're moving. Remember, success is a journey. Okay? So let's look at this. <clears throat> Numbers 13. We'll look at verse 2, 3, then 17 to 33. It's going to be too long to finish, but let's just look at it together. <clears throat> Numbers 13. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to exploit the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. Now watch something there. That's the principle. The principle of success. I first saw that, maybe we'll talk about this next week, the principle of success. I first saw that last uh, uh, in Genesis, after Lot, I think I should do, after Lot left Abraham, Abraham was so despondent, and God had to say to him, hey, come on, come on, come on. I don't need that attitude. I don't do, God does not do attitude. No, 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 you got to put a smile on your face. And how did God do it? God said, look to the north, look to the south, said, as far as you can see, as far as you can see, I will give to you. As far as you can see, I will give to you. That's why Jesus, I was Jesus, I said, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a person thinketh in his heart, so is the person. So if you can't see anything, what is God going to give you? Grand Tracy puts it, because he thinks of nothing, it becomes nothing. Because he thinks of nothing, therefore it becomes nothing. The verse is true, or the corollary is true. Because it thinks of something, it becomes something. You become your own thoughts. And when you look at that principle in Genesis, after God had told Abraham to walk through the land, something else happened. God didn't just tell him to go walk through the land. God, sorry, God didn't just tell him to look. God told him as well to actually walk through the land. Walk through the land. Genesis 13. Let me show you. <clears throat> Genesis 13 from verse 14. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north and to the south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. Right? Verse 17. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Go. Let's use the example of somebody, a long time ago, I read something. Somebody said, if you, if you desire a car, he said, one of the first things to do is research the car very well. Then go to a dealership. He said, every dealership will allow you to drive. <clears throat> and then if it is yours, if you think you want it, 
you claim it. That is what I, I think they call it the law of uh, mental, mentalization or something. You, you see it, you have the mental image, and you can claim it. If you are a poor person with bad credit, you won't get it. Let's be realistic. <laughs> Let's be realistic. <laughs> right? If I go and do that now, if I go to Tesla and I see Tesla, I'll mess this, and I say I claim it, my bank account cannot pay the monthly fee. Right? But that's not entirely true. That's not entirely true. Remember what I said to you the other time. Between the revelation and the manifestation is a process. You get my point? Between when you first saw that image in your mind, when Abraham first saw the image, then God instructed him to go and walk around the old land. He didn't walk around that land in one day. It was a very big place. I'm sure he didn't even walk through the old land. I'm sure of that. It took 430 years for that land to become Israel. See? That's why I said it's not always true. 430 years after God had shown him that land for them to possess that land. But don't worry, you and I don't have 430 years. We have 43 days, but not 430 years. And we'll be dead in, for, we'll be dead in 43 years. No, no, 430 years is too long, okay? But you get, you get the idea. So, again, the same thing with you. Where are you going? Do you even have a blueprint for where you're going? Do you have an idea? The first time I bought a house, all I wanted was a house. And then, okay, I think all I wanted was a house, then I wanted a four-bedroom house because I have three children. That was what I was just thinking. Now, interestingly, God showed me more beautiful houses than the one I got. God is very nice to me, I'm telling you. Because I was thinking of nothing, and yet he made me see something. Now, honestly, he actually was sending me pictures of houses under construction and good houses for sale. But I didn't recognize that was God at work until he spoke to me and said, what's wrong with you? And I was like, is that you? He said, yeah. Now, if I'm looking to buy a house, I know what I want in the house now compared to the first time. See the difference? If I'm looking to buy a new car now, I know what I want in a car. Or you think I'm just going to the dealership now and go and uh, buy a used car and say, yeah, I just need something through the winter. No, I'm not going to do that. Between it's getting into my head and I see, I do a lot of research. Like this morning now, I've gone online, I was researching some things, I'm getting to read them just to have a good idea of what, okay, does this meet my need, does this meet my need? And then, you see, from the minute it entered my head, it took me a week to finally sit down and research it. Now, probably in the next one week, I'll be doing that until I find exactly what I want. What, and how do I know what I want? It's what answers all the questions popping into my head. And when I'm confused, I know one or two people I can call. So God was doing that same thing. Don't just have the vision. Go and try it out. 
Sometimes the only way to try it out is to talk to somebody who has been there before. The whole of Israel could not go, so they were relying on the 12 spies to give them the details. And be careful, some people are succeeding at that same thing, but when you ask them, they will make it so difficult that you just lose interest. Leave that person and look for somebody else. Some people just don't want you to succeed as much as they've succeeded. Are you following me? So he said, Numbers 13, 17, and back then, when Moses sent them to exploit Canaan, he said, go through the Nagiv and on into the hill country. See what the land, see, see. See what the land is like. <clears throat> I challenge you this morning, think of something you will want in the next five years. I don't care how much it costs. In the next five to ten years, I guarantee you will have it. And I, I promise you that in the next five to ten years, and please don't think of something that somebody can give you. Think of something that is entirely out of your reach. They went to see I know a lot, of, a lot of you are more traveled than I am. But remember the first time I went to England? One of the things that actually propelled me when I went to England for the first time was the London Bridge. Do you know that song? London Bridge is falling down, falling down. <laughs> you know what? I've got to London. Then I remember when you play Monopoly, Piccadilly Square, Manchester, and all those things. So I was so excited. I wasn't too excited to see Buckingham Palace because I know they won't allow me. You know, I've already been to, to that barracks. I know the same thing all over right? I wasn't too excited to see back in Palace, really. But then, to, to go visit the famous London Bridge, even though I was so disappointed when I saw it, because to the average Londoner, it was just a bridge. But to me, who learns nursery rhyme? London Bridge is for Linda. Which would have said, it's, a, it's a Lego Bridge is for Linda. That would have been the same thing. <laughs> you get the gist? And then to enter the London subway, the tube, I felt so, so honored, so privileged. Now, because I had that image, I didn't even know what it looked like. But you know that Academy Square on a, a sign on, on Monopoly? It's actually the same sign there. And I was like, wow. So I read it. I knew people were gone. But nothing compares to experiencing it yourself. I can describe things to you, but nothing beats your own experience because your experience is going to be better than mine. So you tell them, go look at it. Don't just sit down. Look, get, get out. Go look at that. That's why they do house showing. You want to buy a house? In fact, if you want to... God, let me go. What kind of life do... Okay, so see what the land is like. Whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. So let's say you are buying a house. There are so many houses doing showings, pre-construction. Go, go around and look. The MLS gives you a very good history of each place. What's it like? Are there banks? Are there schools? How close is it to the nearest grocery store? How close is it to the 407, to the 401, to the 404? 
How easy how is it to get in and get out? What's the medium income value? What's the school system like? Is there a university there? Do you have to use Enbridge for your eat, or do you have to buy your own propane? Do you have to use dorm water and sewage, or are you digging your own borehole? People don't know that people in Canada, some people use drink borehole in Canada. Less than five minutes drive from where we are. People are using, they are buying their own gas to eat their house. So what's it like? What kind of life do they live? What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they world or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring me some of the fruits of the land. So they went up and exploited the land from the desert of Sin as far as Roho towards Libu, Amat. They went up through the Nagiv and, and came to Hebron, where Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, the descendant of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zwan in Egypt. When they reached the valley of Eshkel, Eskol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grape. A branch bearing one grape, you know, one grape cluster. And two men had to carry it. Two men. To, that is how fertile the land is. I said to my kids, make sure you're doing academics. The way they get to grade 10, I said, okay, begin to look what course do you want to go to university for? So that when you are choosing your class, you already know what classes you need. Don't wait until then to start scrambling. Already know, do they want 70% or 80%? Do they want 60? Then begin to ask yourself, this class I'm taking, what's, what's going to be the, the, the money? How much am I going to earn when I come out of university? Why pay $40,000 to go to school only to come back and be unemployed? It makes no sense. So you need, to, you need to do your, basically, you need to do your, that's what they were doing. They went on a research. Modern language, they conducted an ethnographic research of the land they were going to. Right? <clears throat> they came back to Moses and Aaron and the old Israelite community, verse 26, at Kedesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent off, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Nagiv, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. They said, verse 31, we are not able to go up against these people. We are not able to go up against these people. 
That's why in every committee they have two reports, the majority report and the minority report. 11 people said we can't do it. That's the majority report. Minority report, one person said, of course we can. So what are you? Are you part of the we can't? Or are you part of the of course I can? You see the mindset? 11 people, group thinking. Oh, we can't. No, 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 no way. No way. No, no, we can't do it. We're not equipped. The minute you say you are not equipped, you shut yourself from the possibility of learning new skills. You shut yourself down. And then to make it worse, in verse 33, they said to themselves, in verse 33, they be parts. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Wow. Verse 33. We looked like grasshoppers. These are human beings. Human beings compared themselves to grasshoppers. See the mentality? That's the mentality of scarcity. It's the mindset that assumes you can't make it in life without somebody. It's a life mindset that allows you to continue to rely on other people who should actually be relying on you. In our own sight, we seemed like, listen, what does grasshopper eat? Grass. Wow. Remember the meaning of Caleb? Caleb means wholesome. It means purpose, purposeful. It means loyalty. But Caleb said, we can do it. And there's a scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah 15 from verse 4 to 7, Actually, in verse 7, say, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Ah! We are usually afraid of being embarrassed or being shamed or disgraced. And you know, another thing we're usually embarrassed is we're afraid people are going to wreck our reputation. He said, wreck our reputation. Embarrassed, shamed, disgrace, loss of reputation. You really want to succeed? Throw them those thoughts into the garbage. Why? Because through Christ, you can do all things. Because Christ will be there to strengthen you. The word flint in that context talks about awesomeness and purposefulness. Now, the flint is a very small, sharp object. 
and it's very, very funny because it is sharper than steel. It's sharper than steel. It's purposeful. Because the sovereign Lord. Let's look at that Isaiah 54 to 7 in context now. The sovereign Lord has given me a well instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. It wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my eyes and I have not been rebellious. I have not turned back. I offered my back to those who beat me. You see? When they, when they say a lot of things about me, ah, it's okay. My cheek to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Who, who are you? Who the heck do you think you are? Why? Because the sovereign Lord, the Lord Jehovah, helps me. The Lord is my helper. And therefore, Whatever they do to me, I will not be disgraced. Mm-mm. Therefore, have I set my face like a flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. I talk to people every day of the week, and they tell me, I feel, I feel. I'm like, no, no stop feeling. Start knowing. I know. I know. I know what I know. I don't feel what I know. I know what I know. I don't think what I know. I know what you know nobody can take from you. What you think somebody can take from you. What you feel somebody can take from you. The most fight is because we disagree in the way we are thinking. Or you don't feel what I'm feeling. So how do we develop this kind of mindset like, like Kale? That's what that Isaiah 50 is telling us. Number one. You and I need to spend more time in the presence of God. We need to take it to the Lord in prayer. You take it to the Lord in prayer. Everything that looks impossible to you, turn it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. Right? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Talk to him. Verse 4 says, It wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Be a disciple of the Lord himself. Let the Lord speak to you. Let him teach you. Caleb had a different spirit because I'm sure he was a praying person. Number two, avoid being rebellious or contentious. I think one of the problems I've seen with a lot of us Christians is this. We are so contentious. We fight our own, we fight our own instinct. Oh, you know, I could have done that, you know, something said to me to do it. No, that is not something. That's the Holy Spirit leading you. Or we are over-spiritual. Even when God has given us permission, we are still waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting like Gideon for a definite sign. You know, Lord, make rain fall in the church so that I know you are the one that has said it. Rain is not going to fall in this church. God is not going to make rain fall in this church because we have we have carpet. It will smell. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You think God, 
Gideon can do that because it was the water will go out. And even rain did not fall for Gideon. So allow, allow the Spirit of God to minister through you. Learn to listen to the voice of God on the inside of you. Listen. But don't just listen. Do what is telling you. Now you tell me, how do I know it is God? One, write it down. And watch it if, if it happens or not. If it's God, it will happen. If it's your mind, you will know it's your mind. Three, stop being afraid of failing. So you didn't succeed. So what? The person who failed is the person who has made no attempt. When I first came to Canada and I did my driving test, I did a G1. I failed. I think I was just one mark short of, I think it was 70 or so, or 60, because I don't even remember. But I was one mark short. And they gave me the result immediately. I wanted to do it again immediately. But they said, no, we are, it was a Friday, we are closing, we have to come back next week. But at least I knew what I did wrong. Because I saw it, I'm like, oh, how, how could I do that? Then I went back and I did it right. That's how they do correction after every test. If you are scared you're going to fail, you already failed. The battle is not won on the battlefield, it's won in the art of the soldiers. Make up your mind, you succeed. And you will succeed. After all, remember that song we say, let the rich, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. So if you don't believe you're going to be rich, then don't say it. If you don't believe you're strong, then don't sing the song. You see the last line? Because of what the Lord has done. You're not rich. You're not healed. You're not strong because of what you are doing. You're rich. You're strong. You're healed because of what he has done. It's not because of, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not the best praying person you know. But you know why God answers my prayer? <laughs> because I ask in his name. Father, not because of me. Just do so that your name, your name will be glorified. And God honors his name. Always he honors his name. So stop being afraid of people ridiculing you. Just do it. Number four, stay focused like the flint. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. Be purposeful. Be awesome. Be loyal to your own purpose. Don't let people Take it away from you. Fight for what you believe in. Hold on to what you believe in. Hold on to it. It's your dream. It's yours, not mine. Defend it. Five. Just know this. He that helps you is near. 
is near. If you saw me on Monday, you may not know it, but I was actually, I had a lot of internal conflict. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the internal conflict was high. My, my, you know, it's funny. I masked my anxiety very well, right? My anxiety level on the inside was top of the charts. Top of the charts. By Wednesday night, I was calm. By Friday, I checked, I checked, I, I, I got the feedback of what was causing the anxiety. And at that point, I had two options. I could either break down or I could be a good soldier and continue. And I just choose to keep going. Just choose to, hey, what's the worst that can happen? And I remember grace is being provided. I have grace. But I needed to dig into that grace. I needed to step into that grace. And the same thing you too. So stay focused. Don't let, don't let, the Bible says, a light and momentary afflictions are not to be compared to the surpassing greatness of what is coming ahead of us. The pain we're feeling right now, they are just labor pains. The pain of a woman pregnant, the kicking, the child is kicking right now. But when the baby comes out, the woman will smile, the baby will smile. So stay focused. And know that the Lord is near. And for me, the most important, well, I won't say the most important, but equally important, let me put it that way. Be willing to seeing solutions, not problem. I didn't say be willing to see. I said be willing to seeing solutions and not problems. Numbers 14, 30. Be willing. See possibilities. See possibilities. So we can't afford it now. So one thing I think I've taught my children, I'm proud of doing that, is when they ask me things when I don't have, I say, look, not now. I don't say no, I say not now. And I've said to them severally, the fact that I say I can't afford it now is not the same thing as I can't afford it. Again, the priority is different at that particular point. The needs are different. Their needs are my needs. Their priority and my priorities are always at variance. But at some point, can we meet those same priorities? I remember a long time ago, my daughter wanted the Nintendo DS. That was the old one. I think for about three years, every Christmas, what do you want, Nintendo DS? What do you want, Nintendo DS? What do you want? And I couldn't afford it. <laughs> I don't even know how much we finally bought it, finally. But one day, I went out to get gifts, and I just called her, like, hey, do you still want Nintendo DS for your Christmas gifts? And she said, yes. And that was the year the DS came out in 3D. The year it came out in 3D. Honestly, ask me what that thing does, I don't know. 
But I remember walking into the store and I'm like, hey, what's the Nintendo DS? And the guy, you know, again, I've not seen it. And the guy showed me and like said, uh, but you may want to get this. He said, how old is the child? And I said, so I think you may want to get this. I'm like, why? He said, because it's 3D. Like, what's the difference between 3D? Now, you see, I'm seeing it. I'm holding it in my hands. And I have somebody explaining to me the difference. And he said, well, actually, if, you don't, if you're not conversant with 3D, you can actually switch the 3D off. And I said to myself, okay, if there's 3D, why would she want something less? You see? When I couldn't afford it, they didn't have 3D. I don't know whether they have 4D now. <laughs> whatever it is they have now. But, but you, you get what I'm saying? Because you can't do it now, and you won't do it at two different things. Again, between the time of revelation and manifestation is process. And process correlates directly with time with time. Three years after she first mentioned it, she finally got it. You can't say, I want to get a PhD today and get it tomorrow morning. It doesn't work like that. No PhD, no PhD I'm going to finish in one year, that, to the best of my knowledge at least. But between the time you, it, you, it enters your mind and the time you walk through, you walk down the aisle, with that certificate in your hand, is a process steeped in time. So start seeing solutions. Start taking long time. And be flexible in your orientation. Be flexible in your thoughts. Be willing to change. I'm going to end by sharing something here with you. The flint is very, very and highly resistant to weather. It accommodates every weather that comes. But it's a change that makes it what it is. I hear people say, I don't like change. And I'm like, hmm, and you're a Christian. You can't be a good Christian if you don't embrace change. Romans 12 says, verse 2, Therefore, be ye transformed, the transformational process, and be not conformed. That means to be not stagnated. Do not become fixated to this world. But be ye transformed. Is it trans? Trans signifies movement, fluidity, openness, willingness, form, shape. So that shape has to be willing to move. That's change. Be ye transformed by the renewing. Renewing. Open your mind to new information. Of your mind. It's the, you see, it's the mindset. What needs to be transformed in me and in you is a mind, a mindset. 
he transformed. And it is that that gives us what we're looking for. And that's why I'm able to challenge you today. They are to be different. Essentially, I'm daring you to be different. I'm daring you to defy the status quo. I'm daring you to defy your own limitations. I'm daring you to step out of your comfort zone. Caleb could have kept quiet. 11 to 1. 11 to 1. He could have kept quiet. But he didn't. Now, because he talked, they didn't mean. In fact, Moses had no reason to listen to his own voice. In fact, somebody could have said he was very, very contentious in that contest. But why did Moses listen? Because God had told him what that they needed to do. So God, in fact, the fear of those people became the ingredient for preparation. Fear is, courage is not the absence of fear. It's what you do with your fear. Courage is not the absence of anxiety. It's how you manage your anxiety. I'm hoping that each of us will learn something from the life of Caleb. Everybody can see what they want to see. But what did you see? Everybody can hear what they want to hear. But what do you hear? As we leave this morning, I pray that the Lord in his infinite mercy will guide your hearts and your thoughts unto everything that is good in Christ Jesus. I pray that the peace that surpasses all human understanding will guide everything that you set your heart upon. And I pray that that same peace through the word of God will bring about the desired transformation and that through that process there shall be a renewing, a reviving, and an uplifting in our spirit man, in our mind, in the name of Jesus. Amen.